Pumps started this podcast because we love to stretch and bitch about stuff. So here we are today. <laughs> Today's topic is about moving away from the word exotic dancer, question mark. Uh, we want to understand the roots of our words. We want to understand how we can use better language, how we can understand the language. We want to describe what we do in the dance community and how we can honor our stripper roots. So we have super special guests today. One of them is Nadia Sharif, and she's the Nadia33 on Instagram, if you know her there. She's a retired pole dancer, creator, painter, janitor for the Twisted Movement, but also the creator of Twisted Movement, and she's got a ton of art and a ton of DIYs on her site. Welcome, welcome, Nadia. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. What's up? <laughs> so glad you're here to hear all of your uh, background and story and uh, where this has taken you, where pole dance has taken you. I know you said you're retired, but we'll get into that. And then our other special guest is Novocaine, and she they is also Novocaine Dances underscore LLC on Instagram. She is the 14-year stripper, sex worker veteran, advocate, and owner of the Nova Kane Dances LLC. Welcome, welcome, Nova Kane. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Super glad you're here. Perfect. So this is, uh, I want to say hello to Kareen. She's here as well. And how are you doing today, Kareen? I'm good, you know. I'm, I'm here, and I've been teaching Zoom classes today, and I'm feeling warmed up, ready to, like, chat with these badass people in this conversation today. I can't even believe the room you brought together today, Miss Angie. You're a magic oh. magic goddess. <laughs> so not only are we going to talk about really cool things, but we're going to work through our bodies because working on getting our hips loosened up, working a little bit on the structures that connect to our hips to loosen up those things. Our hips hold a lot of energy and a lot of emotion in them. So if you're with us and you're here for some of the stretching, the warm-up part starts on your hands and on your knees. If you're on the podcast, you're going to put your hands right underneath your shoulders, your knees right underneath your hips, and then draw a big round circle with your spine. So if you're here on the live video feed, you can see a big circle, kind of like a big cement chunk up and over, rounding the spine up. Our spines are connected to our hips, connected to our hip flexors. So if you feel like you're doing a lot of sitting this COVID time, we can loosen all of that up. I was feeling really tight the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, what did I even do? I didn't do anything, that's the problem. <laughs> and then reverse the other way, big circles round up and around. Make sure that you spread the weight through your entire hands, your fingers are spread wide. Taking a big breath in, expanding the rib cage. Good, last two big circles up and around. Perfect, hold it there, tuck your toes under, lift your hips to the sky, a little stretch through the hamstring, and then send one leg through as if you're threading the needle, and then spread your legs in a scissors. So you have one hip down, hands on the floor, and you're scissoring your legs. So the top hip is towards the sky. So it's almost like a cobra, if you know yoga and a cobra, but my legs are scissored, yes? So this is gonna open up uh, the side of the body, so then I uh, bring my body in one direction and then rotate the other direction. 
torso twisting, hip opening and closing. So I breathe. My toes are on either side of my yoga mat, and I'm breathing through the ribcage. Inhale, exhale, inhale, breathe. <laughs> Perfect, last one. Good, bring it back to the center. Sitting back on your heels, and then shift your body forward to all fours. Tuck your toes under, lift your hips to the sky, downward facing dog, thread the opposite leg through that little keyhole between your hand and your foot, and then separate your feet on either side of the mat in that twisted cobra-ish like position. <laughs> and then opening and closing by twisting through the torso. Good, so just sitting in stretches. As an adult, it doesn't really do our body that much good, especially if we're not warmed up. It's gonna tell our body to tighten up. It's gonna hold on to more tension. So moving through all of this, moving at your end ranges, getting strong in a stretch is going to be much happier and healthier for your body. Big breath. Want to work towards kinetic stretching or movement while you're stretching before you do any static stretching. Big breath. And then bring both knees right underneath your body. So you're on all fours one more time. Sit back on your heels. Bring your hands up to your thighs. Big shoulder roll at the top. So the topics today could get pretty heavy. You can always uh, zoom in with us at the link if you're here live. You can comment down below. Big shoulder roll, last two. Isis is here live on the Facebook. Hello, hello. Last two circles. Last one. I'm gonna ask Nadia if she wants to take it and give us some stretches that she loves to do for her hips. <laughs> sure. Hi, everybody. So um, some of the things that I do, like, first, before I really get anything deep, is just sit on my butt and um, let, yeah, let my kind of feet just hang out in front of me. Oh, sorry. It just got really loud. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can bring your knees in like you're giving yourself a little hug and start to bring your knees towards your armpits. So that's something that I usually always do, like not as, even as a stretch necessarily, but just as a kind of warm up to mm -hmm. kind of get to me. I always feel like when my hips are tight in this region, it's going to make my life hard when it comes time to inverting. So this is kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, invert yeah, hip flexor area. Yeah. And then even just like taking a one leg straight, I always start with my feet like actively flexed just because I feel like it activates this a little bit. I don't know. I just feel stronger there. So I just kind of like straighten one leg and almost like being able to rock forward and back. And I use the elbow to just kind of push into the knees so that it doesn't it doesn't collapse in yeah the the music audio is is really loud I don't know if it's just for me oh Blake you want to turn that down thanks Blake yeah and then you can switch it out like I'll lean back even you know like so I'm going to try to explain this position but Essentially, we started with, with just the knees up and even towards the armpits. 
but something that I enjoy even more is kind of leaning back and letting your knees come towards your armpits. And so it's kind of a rocking motion. Feels really good on that kind of tail, low back. And then even, yeah, it, that's like kind of the idea that kind of pelvic, pelvic tilt a little bit to kind of like really scoot under. And then you can go and switch, so straighten the other leg, flexing that foot. Oh, yeah. I usually just try to think about like pushing my long leg away from me and then letting my elbow push the knee open too to kind of create space. I don't know if you could see, take this off. Yeah, just to create space in the groin pretty much. So I even do that like by kind of rubbing it or touching it, like pulling it, like almost like your own fascial work. Yeah. And then like with the hard flex turning out or in, like when you start to turn in, your ass starts to come up, like kind of naturally. So just kind of elongating on that. And then you can switch back to the other side. Start to feel like if you could see if you could lean forward enough to start to take the weight off of your, I guess, essentially your thigh and your butt cheek. To me, that's where I get a nice little hello. This is also a place I land in often. So like to almost be prepared to take that, um, yeah, to get that deep on a landing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost like half a primal squat, just one leg out. Yeah. One, like one little cool posture I like in here is to do like opposite. So I'll take my hand to the um, opposite ankle and then I'll try to reach my other hand to the other opposite ankle. Oh my gosh, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my faves. You could try to balance here for no reason. No, I don't really, there's no good reason to even try that, besides. <laughs> besides it's fun, maybe. Besides it's fun. Yeah, you can even breathe and kind of circle the arm. Even sometimes like reaching past the foot is kind of better, so you can try to get your shoulder on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really thinking about like pulling. For me, I get my ribs caught in my hip, so I always think about just trying to separate my hip and ribs here, try to get space. Oh, we can switch now. Oh, yeah. Super delicious. <laughs> yeah, opposite hand. So I usually start by grabbing the bent, yeah, the bent leg first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been like pushing my foot into the floor and opening. That's like a new experience. I even like really try to focus on letting this knee not drop because it naturally wants to drop. So really trying to actively pull that knee open, the bent knee, with the chest too. Like looking at the ceiling, really trying to yeah get that. My my lats are often really tight and even through the tricep. So I just feel like getting that full length and trying to separate. Yeah, There's a couple circles. I'm going to be a pose starting tomorrow. The Nadia Asana. The Nadia Asana. 
Nene Mills, Mills says keep stretching. Nene is enjoying it. Oh, we can sit in a straddle. I always like to take circles here. Or tucks. Tucks and tilts. Cool. Oh. While we're doing this, Nadia, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of your experience with maybe like where you're from a little bit and some of your background and um, some of your experience with the word exotic, kind of where it all started. Um, yeah, so I'm from, uh, it depends if I'm, if I'm in the world, I say I'm from LA because everybody knows LA, but if I'm in LA, I'm going to say I'm from Monte because that's where I'm from, also known as SGV or whatever, you know? So it's kind of along those lines, but that's LA County. So, um, yeah, the word exotic, I think. I think it became really clear that it wasn't really a nice thing to say because I thought about when dudes would say that to me and I just thought, I know you're into me, but that's not really the right way. And then I really thought if it was truly a compliment that my brothers would use that word to describe me, but I know my brothers would never use that word to describe me because it's a clearly sexualizing. So it's just like a really dumb way for a guy to be like, you're hot, you're sexy. That's what he always meant to say, you know? And instead it just comes out like, wow, oh dang. It, it, what's crazy is that I walked in with my hair up and I met a dude and then I walked by again and I had my hair down and he's like, oh, hi, blah, blah, blah. Nice to meet you. You're, wow, you're just so exotic. And I'm like, what the fuck? I literally just met you like two minutes ago oh, and I put wow. my hair down. And like now I'm now I'm exotic because I just put my hair down, but I literally just met you. And so it, it's like this sexualization of like even like a certain kind of hairstyle or a hair pattern, like a hair, whatever hair. Mm -hmm. So that's really kind of my personal feelings with it being like used as a compliment. Yeah. And the history of it, like the history of the word exotic you just said it is we're using it to describe something that's erotic but the word exotic is not the word erotic but it's interchangeable and it's wrong right well i mean even to say that like he meant erotic i don't know necessarily that he meant erotic you know i really do think he just meant he, he wants to do me or he thinks i'm sexy but basing it on like what I look like, like clearly based around my hair. So like a, looking like cultural or ethnic or, or I don't know, you know, something along those lines. Cause I don't know that he would have really, if he would have said, oh, you're so erotic, that would have thrown me off too. I would have been like, what? <laughs> I literally just put my hair down, you know? Like, no, that, you know, no. Language that they use, that's a, a term it's like about terming using the word or term exotic dancer when it really means erotic right like you're sexy just say the words you mean use the use your words use your words instead of the word exotic to describe someone which sexualizes and fetishizes them right because of your hair and that's like the problem that we're talking about right now and what we're seeing happening um, in the world of pole and pole dance, pole fitness right now. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly not in that world very deeply. I'm watching 
your videos. I don't practice pole. I'm, I'm friends and we do all these fitness things with uh, Miss Angie, but I'm watching what is happening and the use of language and, and, and the fetishizing and the appropriation and what is happening right now. And there's a lot happening and it's a very uh, dynamic moment in history for women and, uh, and owning our power and, our, and owning our sexuality and owning our color and, um, you know, all these things combined right now that we're facing. It's like a crazy time right now. It's crazy. It's coming together. And over here, you've got some uh, experience with that too, right? Being a stripper, sex worker for so many years. Did you hear that in the clubs and, and around your work areas and home? I mean, yeah, I always say that Puerto Rico is like the exotic American, right? It's not really American in terms uh, colonized people and then when you come here it's like you don't really fit you're an ex you're exotic in the white community and the brown community and in the black community because black uh, black indigenous and Spaniard is pretty much the root of Puerto Rican people so um, it's been used exotic has been used against me as a person um, as an American and uh, exotic dancer has been used against me in custody battles. You know? Oh, okay. It's been something that has described me since I was 19 years old when I started stripping. So um, I take it very seriously. And like, uh, like others say, the whole appropriation of that for can you cuss here yes yeah it's called stretching bitch <laughs> well, I, have like a, I have like a bowl over here i'm like i don't know if i can smoke i don't know if i can yes. say in the in the whole world of this cute little term they, that they think it's cute. Like, oh, I want to be exotic so bad that it's actually the marginalizations are bleeding into the pole world because uh, they're trying so hard to be strippers. They're going to catch the marginalizations that strippers deal with, like having your post be used against you for a bunch of reasons, including custody of your children. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of pain behind that word being used against you. It sounds like, you know, you even went to court and people were, uh, you know, bashing you for doing something that you love or having a, a, being a sex worker, you know? And so then when you heard it be used by people that don't understand what it actually could mean or does mean, um, then did it, how did it feel? Did it feel like? They were trying to erase strippers or not just that they're trying to glamorize a word uh, a world that people don't understand the implications of that like you can go into the strip club and die yeah you know what I'm okay, saying? okay so when pole dancers are using the little cute stuff and you know ex hashtag exotic pole and whatever to me, it's like, damn, I had so many co-workers throughout the years die on me. Yeah. Right? Really yeah. exotic dancers. 
I mean, we even had a pleasure who died a few months ago, 19 years old, went to work, either got too drunk or her drink got laced and she was acting not professional, quote unquote. So they kicked her out in her hill clothes and she um, ended up murdered six, found six miles away from the strip club in her pleasers and hill clothes. So to me, yes, uh, when people that have never even stepped foot in that light call themselves that, it's not just erasure, it's glamorizing a very mm, life and death kind of job. And then you have these young women thinking that it's so cool and then they come in there and they see the reality of it all. So it's more than just the erasure, it's the also erasing the true exotic dancers, so this true history, the true stories, and then glamorizing and bringing people in that shouldn't be in there in the first place. So for those of us at home who are listening to this conversation, who are not familiar with this term, when you say exotic pole, what does that mean right now on Instagram? And what does that mean to you? Anybody? What's a brief history of exotic pole? Current modern history. Ms. Ange? Uh, I was checking to see if we had any. For me, uh, exotic pole always meant the type of dance. So it was exotic because it was different than contemporary. It was different than like folk dancing. It was different than dancing that uh, cultures brought in. And that made it exotic from that. So it was like an other of a dance style, you know, not like a person. And But that's because that was only my experience. So I was never a stripper, so I, ne I never got called exotic. Um, so I didn't have that experience. So that's why I was really glad that Nadia put that post up. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I bet people are assholes <laughs> and uh, <laughs> use the word improperly and not even understanding what they're saying. I feel like we're in a really good time right now though with social media being able to like hear each other's stories uh, and being able to understand the language a little bit more and where it's actually coming from. Hey, Nobuki, I have a question. Do you feel like when people are, you know, getting the word out, getting more people understanding what what strippers really are, what exotic dancing really is, that then it can be appreciated more, and then when they use it, it can be used in certain situations? Oh... I don't understand how civilian women can do that effect. Okay. Uh, that's not, no. Would it fit in a, in a situation where there's like a classroom and they're not actually doing, uh, going to a club and stripping, so um, they shouldn't be using exotic. Do you have other words that you feel are better uh, in that place of that to learn something like sensual? Sensi, sexy, sensual, simple, heal, non-heal. I mean, there's so many things. Like, yeah. I actually don't really like that question because I'm nobody's business advisor. So why would I give you some type of word to for you to financially 
you know, gain, whereas I didn't. I just put the labor for you. Okay. And um, I think that there's so many other fun ways to describe dancing sunshine on the pool, like a stripper, but you're not a stripper. So can I just read something? Can I read something from Nadia's Instagram um, about yeah. about the term and the 20th century somatic use of of the term exotic dance and. Uh, from 1900 to 1950, the term exotic dance distinguished Western dances from dances of foreign cultures. These were the dances of colonized peoples, thought to be primitive, wild, barbaric. Although they had a particularly erotic component, uh, their exoticism still conceded with a geographic definition of the term. And then we move into the 1950s where exotic dance, where um, uh, let's see, I was born in 1979, and when I think of exotic dance, I think of uh, living in Milwaukee and Chicago and um, and seeing that name on strip clubs, exotic dancers. So that's where I formed my opinion of it, and that definitely came from this time period they're describing. Exotic dance first referred to a subtype of strip tease in the early part of the decade, but eventually became synonymous with strip tease in general. Right, and that's how I saw it as a child. Um, so I get that. Uh, the late 1950s, the term exotic dance had lost its geographic reference and had become a euphemism for striptease in the words of the modern stripper. Exotic dance is just a stupid expression used by girls who don't want to admit they're strippers. Okay, so that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, some dancers felt erotic dance sounded classier than striptease because it did not suggest the removal of clothing to music, but it also uh, possible that exotic dance is used because uh, anything with the word strip in it could alert police, okay? So that's like a brief history and there's so much more to it and it goes way back into the 1800s uh, with, with um, gosh, like the erotic and exotic dancers of, of like removing veils, like pretending the Arab dances and the harems and, and those whole things. So that's like a brief history of that and where we are now, 100, 100 like 150 years later, more than that, um, the term has changed so much, but it carries a lot of weight. And now what, I, what I'm seeing from an outsider is, correct me if I'm wrong or explain what's going on here to me, but I'm seeing the word Exotic is just used as, um, a, like they just said, a classier way of saying erotic, and we should be better than that and know how to use our words. Because using the other words fetishizes cultures, and it creates a culture where things like the guy who went into the Asian parlor and shot up women happens, right? Right. This is the culture that we're creating and what we are trying to use our words to get better at. <laughs> well, I like to input on that. It's not creating, it's already created. The word exotic started in this world because colonial men saw indigenous women and they wanted to rape them and they wanted to take over and they wanted to take over the land. Well, how they sold that was to fetishize, call them exotic, 
or come here to these exotic lands to see these exotic women and um, taste what this exotic place has to offer. Men, they even had, um, they painted them very erotically, you know, from all different ages. And that was so the term exotic your audio got messed up mine yeah it's because your dog came by and he took the mic <laughs> yeah uh, i can hear it i can hear it though now you're yeah just when, yeah, now you could start again, but when he'll take the mic and then he'll just pick up his audio. <laughs> oh, what? What is that dog? Wait a minute. Let me see. Oh, what a cutie. Oh, my God. The ears. Oh, oh, I, the want to, I want to hug your dog so much right now. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my gosh. Nice way to interrupt, puppy. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh uh, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It always garnished that output of violence against brown and black women. Okay. It just, uh, the, the times changed. So obviously the, the violence changed with it as well. So it's not happening just now, it always happened. Mm -hmm. okay. So by using this term, you're also erasing the real history because the history has been whitewashed, right? But it wasn't white women that made this word. It was white men to the brown and black women to take away their autonomy, right? And then it just, it always moved to that. Because even in the stripping world, uh, burlesque took it as, also took it, right? The burlesque dancers, how it started with white women <laughs> seeing what these women are doing to their men. And they're like, oh, I want to do that. So they started recreating this, right? And then um, they got all the glitz and glamour while the exotic dancers of color went to the alleys and went to the ghettos and went to the hoods. And then people would go to these exotic places within their oh. city to see these mm -hmm. exotic dancers of color because they wouldn't be able to walk with them next to them in real life. And then it changed again after the women's liberation movement, after World War II, after women started working and then these soldiers came back and they're like, oh, we, we can make this money, like we don't need you. And then they started going to these clubs and taking off their clothes, right? On the ladies, going into the clubs and taking clothes and dancing. And the managers saw that that would be cheaper. They didn't need the whole thing. This is like the way that burlesque went down too. Burlesque had to make money. Uh, and instead of having a band, they had that played music, and they would have ladies that would walk around on stage and go off their 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 open body, and then they started adding holes because they started wearing platform heels. And they needed something to hold while they walk around in platform heels. So um, that's the real thing. That's why I don't like it when people that don't know use the term because they want to be better. 
and then not understanding that there's also a white thing, black and brown history. Your audio keeps cutting in and out. It's frustrating to listen to. I'm like, I want I want there to be a subtitle because yeah. it keeps getting going in and out. Yeah. But I wanna I wanna add on to what she's saying about how it's evolved because the first time because she's talking about the hood, the ghetto, the alley, is they they started to use the word exotic in redlining, you know, in, in kind of deciding where this certain kind of naughty, nasty stuff could go on. And it would always be in the poor neighborhoods that, that that's where. So there's always been a correlation with again the extreme sexualization of what you can do to other women and what you can do at burlesque. Burlesque is not that. So they get to be in the nice side of town. But the exotic is always going to be the hood it's always going to be not where it's a nice neighborhood you know what i mean outside of hollywood any of the strip clubs around my neighborhood there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on there and so it always carried that sexual abuse almost in that in that word exotic dancer even which is why it's funny when white people are really the only ones that want to keep it because they're just really disconnected from how harmful forever Sexual abuse, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what you, what I'm feeling that is. This is an excuse to sexually abuse people who you feel are not in your group. Uh, and that has been the habit and the culture that I have seen and known of. And in America, it was called the United States of America, right? And the people that we subjugate and the class systems an exotic is an excuse to sexually abuse people. And that, that what you said there to me is the whole reason why that's a problem. Right. So then you, yeah, and you, you see it and it's like, it was one little thing because it, it was just like one little thing and everybody wanted to be making it popular and then it just got out of control, you know, and it was never by the real ones that are really pushing this word. And so that's, I think, why we can't reclaim it and it's never ours to claim. And we, it's not yours. <laughs> so can you the real yeah. ones, the real ones were getting uh, taken down from competitions that use the yeah. word exotic. You yeah. know, so yeah. exotic level da 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 was being won by civilian women, and the actual real exotic dancers weren't even allowed to be in there. Oh wow! What? So yeah, do you, do you remember that, Miss Angie? Do you remember that? Okay, because there's a, do you remember when Florida Pole uh, Championships, yeah, they did that and everybody came for Allison, remember? That's right. That was, yes. That was like eight years ago? Six that was ago? for Nova. That was about Nova. What happened? Oh, but <laughs> there would have also, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anybody that doesn't know, can you tell the story, Nova? Um, so 2013, Philip Deal uh, yes, tried uh -huh. Remember? Yeah. the Florida Pole Championship, right? Yeah. And then somebody anonymous, anonymously emailed Allison and told them that uh, Philip does porn, so yeah. he's automatically disqualified. Yeah, I do Yeah, that's, that was in there. No sex worker strip club person could get in this competition. Wait, I was like, what? <laughs> the creators can't even be 
But I think why she she ended up getting into big trouble because she ended up performing at nude night like two days later, and they were like, "Bitch, you gotta choose one. You can't perform oh at nude night and exclude sex workers. Like it's oh one gosh. or the other." And this I is, I think, a big point. Yeah. And I also remember that you used to not be able to have your like gluteal folds out or whatever, and that's why. Mm -hmm. That's why when I created Minnesota Pole Competitions, I was like, let it out. I'm like, bring it, put it in there, put it out, take it out, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, because I just never understood that. Well, that's and that's the thing, is that the industry at large has done so much um, just like extreme disrespect that now everybody has to watch their words because if we always respected it and we always yeah. really paid homage, it wouldn't be like how it is right now. You know what I mean? And so I think that's the major part is that it just got further and further away from its roots and the teachers got further and further away from being sex workers over time. And then it got whitewashed and bastardized and you know, it's just really classic. It's not unique in any way. And there was a whole thing about like, not a stripper. Remember that like hashtag? Right, yeah. So it's like, like how you can't ignore stuff, mm -hmm. right? Why? Why and and why? Yeah. yeah, I was in the brunt of all of that because I was the stripper. I was the exotic dancer. I was the one winning a, a championship that was against my people. And I joined the championship just because of what happened to Philip Deal. And then I wasn't out yet, right? Publicly like that. People knew, but people didn't, right? So mm -hmm. they, they would just guess by my movement, which says a lot. Um, and I won their dramatic level because obviously if I did exotic level, I was going to go off and it was just going to be too much. So I did the dramatic <laughs> level and won it with a freestyle. And, uh, and then I outed myself as a sex worker online. And what happened after that was horrible. And it's just so funny that the ones that act like strippers the most are the ones hurting the strippers the most on purpose, you know? So I saw that and I dealt with it and I dealt with the hashtag not a stripper. And I even wrote something that, you know, got spread around about, I, yes, I do teach women how to be strippers. I do teach them how to love themselves and other people and their bodies and their energy, I teach them that it's okay to open their legs and still be respected. Yes, I do teach them how to be strippers, right? So that was my answer to that. So I did a lot of work of advocacy and it like my ass really bad. So it's just funny to come back because I took a two year break from online and I came back and everybody was spreading their legs and uh -huh. dancing to music about popping pussy for money the same people that berated me for actually doing that so it was just funny to me to see yeah. and um how everything changed and how cool it is to be a a hoe now so but i wonder if you know it might be the unseen stuff you might have done things like when you were fighting for it even though it didn't change right when you were fighting i think you did lay a foundation and a groundwork and you gave voice to people that maybe we're afraid to say the things that you said. So I think I uh, really appreciate you being able to speak out and then good for you for taking the break that you needed and I'm glad you're back. <laughs> Is that, I wanna read something uh, that Novocaine 
So I think these are your words because you had sent it in a meme or whatever. But uh, it says, I want people to see that you can look up to us. You don't have to mm -hmm. understand us, but you can respect us. And just because you wouldn't do it doesn't mean it's the wrong way. Everybody has their own story to tell. This is mine. Don't shame me. Listen. And if you don't understand, ask. And if you still don't understand, <laughs> then maybe it's not for you. And that's okay. <laughs> and those are your words, yes? Yeah, that was an outtake of um, the Aerial Hour podcast I did. It's so good. It gives me goosebumps. And I love hearing it because it's all about that empowerment. And everybody does have their own trauma that they're dealing with, their own experience. So I'm really happy that we got to, you know, hear some of yours and hear some of Nadia's. And I want to tell people, you know, not to blame themselves and to be kind to themselves. And, you know, treat, treat yourself as you would a best friend or, or a lover because, you uh, when we don't take care of ourselves, then we allow other people to not take care of us, right? Because I went through a whole period where I thought it was okay to be treated like shit, and I allowed people to do it to me. And then when I, I finally put my foot down, I was like, no, I'm actually worthy of love. I'm worthy of money. I'm worthy of having my own business and being visible online. Then it changed who was around me because I wouldn't allow those people to get in anymore. So I think by you having these words, by saying what you said before and saying them again now, that you laid this groundwork and you gave a lot of people a voice and um, tools, tools to work towards doing, to having more self-love and appreciating other people's voices more. So I think it's brilliant. <laughs> it's great progress <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> trying, trying. I've been trying. Um, it's just in at the same time because yeah. of how much um, you know for me to be this open that means that there are opportunities I will never have whether I'm talented or not you know because I, I spoke out and this is why we don't have many people speaking out because there is a cliquish feel right and um, if you don't you know follow the rules you get taken out right and uh and they'll take you out no matter how they want to do it right so what i when i came back and i came back just as a soul stripper and then the pole world found me in the internet i wasn't finding them they found me back and they're like hey you're that girl and i was like yeah i'm that girl so uh, <laughs> so uh <laughs> that's exactly how it went that and that's exactly how it went though i was like wait a second i fucking remember you you're bad you look different now dang you grew up well up i got titties um and i let go of the pole world and stayed in the stripper world you know and i grew as a dancer that way you know on ground boots on ground like that was my training was the audience and the audience is completely different than a pole audience. But anyways, when I saw that, and it's still the same and it's worse. And I was just like, I know I'll never catch these uh, opportunities period. So why not speak out again? Cause obviously it's needed. And so many people that are dancers but cannot speak for themselves because they need these opportunities are the ones in my DMs telling me, thank you. So when I speak, I'm not only speaking on my journey and my world, I'm speaking in a lot of voices, right? Yeah. So I would never speak 
so passionately if it was just me i would just yeah. take the l and leave but because i have thousands of people behind me thousands mm -hmm. that i just i can't stop so i won't stop until they stop and if that can even be stopped so i don't right. know no it's a good point though is that it's you're speaking for the voiceless the voice of the voiceless like people think that I'm trying to play like a oppression Olympics. I'm like, no, everybody, I'm privileged as fuck. I'm just talking about all the people that can't talk about it right now because they're really too busy working because they're they're hungry and shit. You know, like it. So it's yeah. it's really important to keep in mind that it's not it's not to decriminalize sex work is oftentimes looked and frowned frowned upon, but because I think we all have internalized phobia. And there's like so much racism, misogyny, and so many things that goes into that, you know, like deeply into that, that there is horror phobia in society in general that we just put them down here. Cause it's like, oh, well, she's probably a drug addict anyways, or she's probably crazy or, um, you know, she doesn't respect herself. And that's not unique to the pole world. That's everybody, that's the world, not the pole world, but the world. So I think as a, a an industry that's so closely aligned, we wear whores fucking outfits for fun. If we can't respect it, then how is anybody else gonna respect it? And so it's our job. We don't get to play dress up and look the other way. You have to, you know, you so even with um for Amy, like Amy Guyon and PSO, for them to be called pole sport organization and fight for keeping the word exotic. It's like, you can't be a sport and a strip club. You can't be a sport and a stripper. You have to choose one. So I think that's why this conversation continues because you see people don't want to let, let it go. And they always meant sexy. They always meant sexy, but sexy doesn't sell. Exotic does. That's why people don't want to change it because it's capitalism, it's commercialism. It's, sure. It's yeah. it's everything, you know. All the branding and all of the things that was spent money on, because you know, there's. It's so hard to change it now. Burn. You know, there's like this certification exotic burn, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like oh, I bet that's been, I bet she spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> you know, just yeah. just stuff like that, and I guess it gets a little further removed. Like I thought about people were like, "What about exotic wear?" And I'm like, "Well, at least you sell you sell stripper clothes, and you're talking about." clothes yeah talk about clothes it's okay for an object that stone is exotic this purse is exotic okay. you know but to say like dance that's the thing too is it's american you know like pole dancing and stripping what we do here we have our own styles so why are we calling it exotic like you know and then <laughs> even it like it it's just silly to me it just i want to talk about uh russian exotic i never i hated that name what is what mm -hmm. is your it's just English as a second language. That's what I think that is. Um, Rus Russians in general, I hate to generalize like this, but in general, they've been the biggest appropriators of black culture. Okay. Um, oh. And so what that means is like, yeah, that's just one example, but there's tons. Um, with the big lips, with the braids, with the, just a lot of things. Um, you know, but also really racist at the same time. So you can't, again, you can't do both. 
So, and then, you know, so I think it was just, um, I think Russian maybe came from us a little bit or just to say, oh, she's Russian because there's exoticism to that too. So what you see with white women is they like the patriarchy. So they like being exotic because it serves them. But like, you know, anybody that's not white, oh, it don't serve us. So we don't like that word. But if you're white, it serves you. So of course you like it. And you meant stripper, but I don't even know if you were a stripper. So it's just very like, you know, playing telephone across the world in another language that they don't, it's not their language also. So there's a different connection there. You know, like what if I went to Russia? Yeah. What? Yeah. And also hashtag not a stripper. Exactly. And also have slut shame big time slut shamers. You can't do both. You can't be exotic and slut shame. You can't do it. You can't be an exotic dancer and slut shame. Right. Exotic dance. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know, because um, I think history, that's a, yeah. The history uh, has been the easiest way or the most powerful way to take a woman's power is to call her a slut or a whore or whatever and mm-hmm. then take it away from her because she's using her own power and then all of a sudden she you can't believe it can't believe she's doing that but you know I, a man puts a poster up with a woman with a woman's body in it and oh it's fine but a woman takes her own body and puts it on display and like oh i can't believe it did you see that exactly what why not let her get the money it's her body <laughs> right right exactly yes oh that always bothered me so much yeah and honestly even with the money thing i think that's a big difference too is that a real stripper is collecting money from the patriarchy so it's cool to center the patriarchy but as a pole dancer, we don't center the patriarchy because we're not getting money for that. So it just seems really desperate, silly, dumb, the opposite of critical thinking. Sure. Just just monkey see, monkey do, didn't think about it at all. We're all just copying each other. It's just so totally fun and games, like totally disconnected completely. And so then, you know, that's kind of where we are, where it's like, God, now I don't want to make you feel bad, but like, fuck, this is dumb. You're doing, you're playing dress up. They're not even paying you. Yeah. You're doing this for, for, you know what I mean? Like, why are you yep. bowing down for free? And I wanted to add that the privilege of paying for it like that, where you don't get money back. Like for us, we get wage stuff, right? We have to pay house fees. We have to pay the DJ. We have to pay the bouncer, blah, 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 right? So for us to give money, it has to come back as an investment or we wasted it, right? Or we won't be able to pay rent, da 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 right? Whereas uh, civilian women spend that money. They don't, they don't get it back unless they make a business out of it, right? So um, that part and the privilege of seeing it as empowering too. There's many dancers that don't see our job as empowering. It's just either a means to an end or the only way that they can make money. So mm-hmm. um, it's and plus all the people that have died looking like pole dancers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I, on that note, wait, so you've got some online classes and stuff coming too, so you'll be teaching online, is that right? Yeah, I was teaching online and I had like a flood of people and I didn't know how to handle that because I'm not a business anything. I'm a hoe from the streets, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so like becoming a businesswoman, I was like, I was a businesswoman, but this is a different kind of business, right? So I'm 
I was completely lost and I started getting help, but I mean, uh, once and then I got hurt, re, okay, re okay. right? So, awareness of sex worker businesses okay that is very important to me as well to promote from the actual community i love that so you can give them a voice and help them with their businesses too so this is fantastic so right now that's online but then maybe workshops will be coming soon in a few weeks or months yes yes i'm open to privates right now i'm taking in private slowly and then uh, building to workshops and then building to weekly classes. I love it. Thank you for all of your words, for your wisdom. Um, any last words before we kind of close up and do a little breath work? I want to throw some stuff out there. Yeah. You know, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you since I got back from Mexico. Oh, I'm right. just I'm just throwing it out to all your fans that while I was there, I made some amazing connections with some some women who practice pole there, who are performers and dancers. And Miss Angie and I are talking to go talking about going to Playa del Carmen and doing like a rewilding uh, retreat for women. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like connecting with these women down there, which is a whole different culture uh, in Playa del Carmen because there is like work and i've seen it like it's changed and like america and mexico and what's happening with pole dance and like j-lo at the super bowl and for the first time ever i'm seeing pole performances in like these more upscale kind of rich resorts and things that are the tourist attractions there so there's like a whole different pole community that's evolving in that area that I want to explore with you next year and whoever. Yes, yeah, absolutely. When we do this retreat, like, so when we went to Mexico, um, was it in, was it last month? I don't remember. (laughs) Time, I don't even remember. But it was fantastic because I went down there and I got to forget. I got to remember and forget things at the same time. So forget about all of the stress and the worries and the COVID and everything. I got to reconnect with my body and the earth and the sunrise and the water and the sea. And I don't know um, about you guys, but I live in the Midwest, so there's like no ocean. <laughs> it gets cold here and very dreary. So it was fantastic to go down there and I want to share that with more people. So yeah, we'll be doing that next year, February or March-ish, um, pole wild or pole rewilding. But in the meantime, we have a, a cleanse going on next month. So we're gonna, uh, that one we're calling it um, uh, the Wild Reconnect. So just, it's a 30 day experience, reconnecting your body with, and your mind through movement. We have nourishment, we do deep healing, um, using yoga, um, pole dancing, and um, nutrition. And so God, if I'm anybody's- yeah. Bring you to Mexico, I heard about this woman in Mexico, who does this thing, and I, I don't know, we can all discuss this later. And honestly, Nadia, you may have heard of her, and I can't think of her name, 
um, but you may have heard of her, but this idea of bringing like spirituality to her pole dance is, a, I mean, a thing, of course, obviously. That's what we all do with our movement practices. But, um, oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm just excited to go down there with you again. <laughs> I don't even know where I pulled that from, but I want to continue this conversation with all yeah. of you in the same city. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm going to keep following you all on Instagram and commenting on your things, even though you are virtual or um, just viral. You're viral. You're viral as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm really happy that you invited Nova Kane and I here and thank you for giving us this opportunity to chat with you and yours. Um, I know that every time you open up conversations, there is potential risk from people that don't want to change. So I'm just really happy that people are embracing the change and embracing wanting to learn more about how to just do better because we've all been just, we've all been just so institutionalized. We're all just Americans and like, there's so much built-in baggage with that that I don't want to shit on anybody. I just want us to do better by being less fucking nationalist. I don't know, like, you know? So something along those lines. So I just appreciate you and I'm down to chat with you anytime. My doors are always open for you. The community has given me so much. People like you have given me so much. So this is a great opportunity for me to just give back. Oh yeah. part of the conversation and be open to different words and change and I want Kareem do you mind guiding us in some breath work and some release of any trauma or um, just open up to new possibilities yeah absolutely let me change my microphone um uh, this is just a fiery as fuck conversation so let's bring a little fire breath into it uh to make this intentional can you hear me okay Okay, great. Um, to make this intentional because uh, I use fire breath to bring um, energy into my practice, into my days. And I also use it with intention for like the change that y'all are making, like the cultural change that like y'all are activists and this is important as hell. Um, and I have this idea in my mind and I may or may not be right in it, but I feel like we're kind of flipping um, a lot of things on its head right now and when it comes to uh, a different world we're, we're not going to be run by men anymore we're changing this shit we're not going to be run by white men anymore we're going to be we're going to we're going to level the playing field and we're changing shit up right now in a major way and to the activists in my life fire breath is a really activating breath of course we're like activating the fire with intention that we have purpose in our lives and let's do this so for that, this is an exhale-driven breath. This is a breath that is about the diaphragm. This is about belly breathing. This is about very primal breathing. It's a yoga breath, but it's used in other cultures as well. Um, so what we're gonna do is just take a few exhales through our belly. So let your Buddha belly just kind of hang heavy for a second and you can feel that. I just went on vacation. My Buddha belly is a Buddha belly normal and that's beautiful. 
<laughs> we're gonna do some exhale driven breath. So every time we exhale, we're gonna pull the belly in. We're gonna exhale swiftly out through the mouth and just let the belly just fill up with breath naturally after. This is going to be an ego eradicator pose. This is a kundalini yoga thing. And here is the mudra for it. So we're bringing our fingers to our first knuckles and our thumbs are gonna be up. We're gonna bring those arms up above us. And we're gonna set some intention, right? We're gonna set some intention for what we want to be in this world, what we want to feel in this world, and we are going to set intention for someone or something. It can be an idea outside of ourselves, or maybe it's just something you walked by earlier today or someone you made eye contact with, and you just want to send them well wishes. I wish you love, I wish you happiness, I wish you peace. May all beings be happy and be free. Exhale, driven breath. Take an inhale through the nose, and we're gonna go like this. Exhale, 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 belly in, 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 in. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's just relax our hands. Just let that energy move through you. I like to circle. It feels like Kundalini and Earth energy, Mother energy. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there and anyone that has a mother. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, this week was good. Thank you for bringing me into this conversation and letting me a part be a part of this. Love you. Bye. Bye.